Good morning. We welcome you to the services of the Boonville Church of Christ. This is an exciting day for us. I know that uh, not only do we have uh, visitors in the audience, but uh, I'm sure we have many that are joining us on social media, and we welcome you. I say this is an exciting day because Ken and Anita Forrest are now part of the congregation, and we're so excited to have them here. Um, as a matter of fact, Anita gave me this note. She said, uh, to our family, we truly feel so blessed from the moment we arrived in Boonville. You have showered us with your love through your many acts of kindness and hospitality. We have had food and veggies, presents sprinkled throughout a house that was prepared for us, shower curtains and monogram towels, welcome signs, and the list goes on and on. And here I was concerned that I had forgotten to put a roll of toilet paper in my suitcase for the first night in the house. We look forward to working together for the cause of Christ. May God bless us as we give him the glory and honor. In Christian love, Ken and Anita. Brother Ken will be bringing the message today. Uh, in your worship bulletin, uh, leading us in singing will be Brother Bo Gross. Stephen Hodgen has the opening prayer. Brother Ben Mooney has the scripture reading. And the Lord's Supper will be coordinated by Brother John Gardner. And Chris Beard will have the announcements and closing prayer. I would like to point out that on the back it says we were planning on beginning Wednesday night Bible classes on August the 5th. But due to the uh, increased impact of the coronavirus, we are going to delay when we start our Wednesday night classes and we will announce at a later date uh, when we'll start the Wednesday night classes. Uh, as we put the sign on the door about please wear your face mask. And the reason for that is there are about five families in the congregation that are being impacted by the virus at this time. And I really appreciate how you're sitting and social distancing and, and we'll try to avoid having physical contact with one another, do all that we can to be safe as we worship God today. Would you bow with me, please? Our loving Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your blessings, and it's such a wonderful privilege that we have to assemble today to worship thee. We pray that all that we do would be pleasing in your sight. We ask your greatest blessings to be upon the Boonville congregation. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. First song this morning, I'll worship the King. Let's all sing. Oh, worship the King of glorious love.
and holy heavenly father the creator giver and sustainer of all things father we come before you this morning on the bended knees of our hearts thanking you for every blessing father you are so very good to us forgive us when we are ungrateful forgive us when we are forgetful forgive us when we take for granted and we are negligent of the opportunities and responsibilities that you've given us. Father, thank you for your son Jesus who died for us. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Thank you for allowing us to be here, to be together, whether it be in person or through social media, to worship you today. And may that be the only thing that we do. Worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you for bringing Ken and Anita to us. Thank you for sustaining us during this period of time as so many things in the world are confusing and conflicting. And those things seem to be, uh, to go, they're going to be around for a while. But Father, help us remember that just as you were there in the garden, and you were there on the ark, and you were there in every moment when your people were at peace and when they were in peril, and that you are with us now. Help us, Lord, to be mindful of your presence and understand that you will provide everything that we need. Be with those especially who are dealing with 
cancer and sickness and uh, especially those who are dealing with the virus and those who are struggling because of the loss of a loved one. And Father, we realize that for as many names that we put in the bulletin, there are that many more in the hearts of those listening and many more beyond that that about whom we do not know. But Father, you know, and you know their needs better than we. Be with them. Be with our leadership. Be with our membership. But most of all, be with our individual hearts that we will serve you only. In good and through good, through bad, through up, through down, that one day we might be on the other side of this life in eternity. With you, in your son's name we pray. Amen. Praise the God. We praise thee, O God, for the Son of Yeah. 
I'll be reading from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let everyone come to know your gentleness. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplication with gratitude, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will protect your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Good morning. Wow, five of you could speak through those masks. That was wonderful. So I'm glad that you're here. I know that some of you probably debated whether to come. But I'm thankful that you chose to be a part of our assembly. And isn't it great to be with the family of God on the first day of the week? Anita and I are beyond our ability to express to you how thankful we are for the welcome that we've received. Anita did her best to put that in the card. but There's so much more that we could say. You've really touched our hearts and someone said, we love you. And I thought, you know what? I I know that. I know that's true because I've experienced that love. Every single day we've had people in our home sitting on our back porch just coming by to encourage us, to help us unload a few boxes or just to share with us some of their experiences in Boonville. And we're thrilled to be here. I've noticed that this congregation being so full of love is just a reflection of this entire community. And wouldn't it be a great thing to be a part of a community filled with the love of God simply because of the seed that you are planted in this community. I told someone not too long ago that with regard to the work here in Boonville, we are all in, and I spell all with capital letters. We are committed to doing a great work for the Lord here to join you in that purpose. So thank you for being here today, and I know there are a lot of folks still at home watching the streaming or however it is that you'll be able to watch it. Some will be delayed, so you'll be seeing this later. But I want you to know that we we miss you too, and we look forward to seeing you and joining you in the work here. We're in a time, you know, where there's a lot of uncertainty. I hear that word a lot in the news, a lot of frustration. This morning, just wearing the masks. It's just not normal. It's uncomfortable. And I guess when this first happened over the first couple of weeks, you know, people bowed up and said, we can do this. But now it's drug on through months and the frustrations mount. And I would say for a lot of people, there's there's a heavy weight of anxiety I want us to think about the bigger picture today. And I want us to be filled with joy. The Lord expects that of us. Now, I did not say happiness. I don't want us to confuse happiness with the joy that we have in Jesus Christ. Happiness is an emotion. It's fleeting. 
Sometimes we feel happy for things that are even inappropriate. But today I want us to talk about the kind of joy that transcends pandemic or social upheaval. The kind of joy that's going to escort us all the way to heaven. Do you think about that? Going to heaven? Before we start our study, let's pray together that God will bless us and multiply our learning, our knowledge, and our study of his word. Let's bow. Our Father in heaven, thank you for the blessing of this day. And thank you for the privilege that we have to be able to assemble, to worship you in spirit and in truth. And I pray, Father, that today, as we think of the joy that can be found in you and in our relationship with one another, that you will help us to embody that, regardless of the emotions that we feel. I pray that we will have that joy that is just, well, it's impossible to describe, except that we know it comes from you. And thank you, Father, for that, which supports us in these times of great uncertainty. Things that have no real foundation to them, they're not lasting they are singing the wrong song. Now when the Apostle Paul, and by the way, while he was in prison, wrote to the church that was meeting in Philippi, well, you heard what he said. And this is in the final chapter, so this is a build-up of things that he has been expressing all along in this short letter. He said to rejoice in the Lord always. And if that were not enough, he said, and again I say, you rejoice. Despite everything that is happening and what you think is going on, have your mind, have your heart, have your soul and spirit focused on the Lord and rejoice in Him always. This book has all kinds of admonitions about joy and lifting ourselves up in the Lord, but... It's this text right here that just kind of puts it all together. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds In Christ Jesus. Here's the thing, and and here's the hook I want us to develop and hang on to for a while. And that is, you and I, we can rejoice. We can have this joy that is inexpressible when we empty ourselves of anxieties, and I will say, usually prompted by the world's leading. But when we empty ourselves of anxiety and we fill ourselves up, With the peace that goes beyond comprehension. Goes beyond our understanding. Now in this text there are some clues as to those things that we can do in order to have that kind of joy. To be able to just simply, in the midst of all of these negative things, rejoice. You can rejoice in the Lord. And I want to emphasize that because that's what he does a couple of times in this text, but throughout this book. In fact, the New Testament scriptures 
are replete with examples of a continuous admonition to remember who you are. You are that person who is in the Lord and it makes all the difference in the world. Now, Paul is writing to this group of people. I mentioned he's in prison now. You know, when he went to Philippi, he was in prison there too. So his experiences don't seem to change very much. But that heart that he has, boy, that is something that was rock solid. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, when he had first gone into Philippi, and you can read the details of that in Acts chapter 16, boy, he had great success. He converted Lydia and her household and things were looking up. But you know, the Apostle Paul is always very aware of what's going on around him. He saw this woman who was being, well, she was being used. Used by some unscrupulous individuals who wanted to take what was effectively a demon possession of divination and use it for their own gain. They were exploiting her. Well, the Apostle Paul, he frees her of that demon. Yes, let's rejoice, except those guys weren't very happy. <laughs> and so they had him and Silas thrown into prison. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and verse 2, Paul is reflecting on that because Thessalonica would be the next place they go. And it's just interesting because Paul says, man, when we were there in Thessalonica, or there in in Philippi, we suffered and we were spitefully used. They mistreated us. So what was your attitude, Paul? Did, did you lash out at them? Did you tell them that the Lord's going to take vengeance on them? Well, actually, Acts chapter 16 and verse 25 tells us exactly what the mindset was. Now keep in mind, again, mistreated, spitefully used, suffering, they're in the inner prison. Their feet are in stocks. But the text says that at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. You know that ultimately led to another conversion. Now here's the circumstance where most people would be unhappy. Their, their, their happiness would be gone. They're frustrated. Why me, O oh Lord? But not Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas, regardless of their circumstance, no emotion connected to this. They had joy in their hearts, so much so that they could express that joy in singing and in prayer. So Paul says to these brethren, you rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. Have you thought much about the blessings inherent in being in the Lord? In the book of Ephesians chapter 1 beginning verse 3, Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He has made us accepted in the beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, which He made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Having made known to us the mystery of His will according to the good pleasure which He purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times He might bring together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in Him. 
In him also we have an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. God is glorified when we are in Jesus Christ. And being in Jesus Christ, I hope you notice, means that we have not just some or not a lot, but every spiritual blessing that is in the heavenly places. In verse 7 he says that in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. In verse 11 he said we have an inheritance in heaven. Verses 13 and 14, he reminds us that in him we have the blessing of the Spirit of God testifying to the reality of our relationship. Now that's beautiful. And in that, despite anything that might happen to us, we absolutely can transcend that problem and rejoice. Why? Because no matter what, I am still in Jesus Christ. I am still a beneficiary of the blessings in heaven. Now, I look at that text and I say, inheritance? <laughs> inheritance? I don't know if you've ever received an inheritance. I'm kind of wearing all the things I've ever inherited. I'm wearing this ring that I inherited from Mel Dyer. Actually, actually he left it for my oldest son, said when he was 16 years of age. I ask him if he would like to have it. If he says he doesn't want it, then you can have it, Ken. I thought, how special. <laughs> so when my son Drew was 16 years old, I said, son, uh, yeah, I got this ring. I don't know. Probably, I don't know, not a big deal. But uh, Mel said if you want it, you can have it. But you probably don't want it, do you? <laughs> uh, no, Dad, I don't. So I wear this ring when I preach in honor of Mel Dyer. I have this chain here. This is basically the only thing left to me by my grandfather. I found it after I had lost it one time in the washing machine. Cleaned it right up, no problem. I wear that in his memory. And then a couple of weeks ago, a dear friend of ours gave me a handkerchief I now keep in my coat pocket here next to my heart. It was owned by my best friend, Tom Neal. When he died, part of me died too. But now I have this, and I just, I don't know, gives me confidence knowing my friend is with me. You know what I mean? That's about the extent of anything I've ever inherited. Except this. He said in this text, in Jesus Christ, I have an inheritance. And, and I'm remembering what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Reserved in heaven for me. Oh yeah, I got a ring, a, a tie chain, and a handkerchief. 
But I've got a reward because I'm in Jesus Christ that is waiting in heaven and can't be touched by anybody or anything. I can rejoice, can you, in Jesus Christ. But I can also rejoice in the Lord's constant concern. He cares about me. And this text at verse 5 I don't know if you noticed it or not. It's a little bit obscured because of the language difference between the Greek and the English. But he says, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. That word gentleness is a pretty interesting word because it's not the idea of just be, you know, be careful with people. Be easy with them. It has to do with a kind of release. It is almost as though you, you have become easy with circumstances. Let people recognize the ease with which you operate. Okay, so I I look at this pandemic. There's so many people filled with anxiety. They're, They're just scared. But it's like when I see you, there is just an air of confidence about you. There is an ease with which you operate. Oh, you might be prudent. You're wearing a mask. You keep six feet distance, but there is something internal about you that kind of rises over the fear that most people are trying to manipulate us with. What's that all about? Well, he tells us right here in this text. Let that gentleness, let that that ease with which you operate be known to all men. And here's the reason. The Lord is at hand. Now, that does not mean, well, well, our mind is the Lord might return in a minute, so I'm okay. That's not the sense of this. The sense of this is that I have such confidence that the Lord is right here with me. He's near to me. I'm confident that the Lord hasn't just vacated the premises and I'm alone. I recognize God is with me every step of the way. So let people know that the ease with which you operate is a direct result of the knowledge that the Lord is right here. Now, the Old Testament, that's full of that kind of language. I was thinking about Isaiah 55, verse 6, where it says to seek the Lord while He is able to be found by you. Call upon the Lord while He is near. Oh, the Lord is right here with us. Or Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. That's a pretty famous text where we're reminded of the Lord where He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Therefore, we may boldly say, the Lord's my helper, I'll not fear. What can man do to me? There's an implied answer in those questions. They can't touch you. (laughs) And one reason they can't touch you is you're in Jesus Christ and the Lord is just right here with us. He is walking side by side with us. Oh, the Lord watches over the righteous. That's the impression that we get from the Psalms, isn't it? Psalm 11, beginning at verse 4, it says, The Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold. His eyelids test the sons of men. The Lord tests the righteous, but the wicked and the one who loves violence, His soul hates. Upon the wicked he'll rain coals, fire and brimstone, and a burning wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. His countenance beholds the upright. Ken, can you translate that for me? Yeah, very simply this. God's watching over you. 
He has you in His sights. You think that He's just kind of misplaced you somewhere among the other 7 billion folks? The answer is no. He knows exactly what's going on with those of His who are the righteous. I'm telling you that the Lord is with us every single step of the way. And then I was thinking that we can rejoice in a a glorious future. I I know most people are thinking, well, what's going to happen next week? What's going to happen with the school system? You know, I'm thinking, are are we going to have school? Are we going to go in? Are we going to not go in? Are we going to go virtual? Uh, When are the the supermarkets going to open up so we just all go in whenever we want to? Uh, When is it I'm not going to have to stand in line at Walmart or wear a mask in a store anymore? I just think ahead. Think ahead. Listen, you aren't thinking ahead far enough. Because if I think about the negative things that are ahead of me, that can just absolutely erode the joy that I have in Jesus Christ. I become myopic. I just look at the near things without realizing the big picture. And child of God, the big picture is this, that this life is going to end, it's going to end at some point, and then your true life, your eternal life, your spiritual life is really going to soar. And Jesus talked about the anticipation of what is coming yet. And I'm telling you, I get excited about the prospect of heaven someday. Don't you? Man, I want to go to heaven. Jesus was talking to His disciples as He was really laying out the plan of His crucifixion and what's going to happen next. And in John chapter 14, He could tell things are not going well. Right? They've been with Him all this time and now He's talking about leaving them and He can see it in their faces, I'm sure. So Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. For where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. And how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Did you hear that? Are you in Jesus Christ? If you are in Jesus Christ, then you are a party to the way, the truth, and the life. You are on your way to the Father. And oh, I think of all those Christians in the first century who had obeyed the Gospel and were anticipating heaven someday and really uncertain about how all this is going to work, I take it that Paul kind of had a similar situation with the Thessalonians that Jesus had with his own disciples. He's talking about a future in heaven, and they're just looking like a deer in the headlights. Wait, what? Wait, what? What? How's that going to be? So Paul, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, starting, he says, But I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow, as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. 
Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus, listen, thus we shall always be with the Lord. You say, Ken, I'm in Jesus Christ. Great! Then one of these days the Lord is going to return and you're going to be with Him forever and ever. I read those texts. And of course my heart soars. I want to go to heaven. And there are a lot of reasons I want to go to heaven. One of them is what he just described. Seeing Jesus. Having you lived all your life to serve Jesus. And then that day when he comes back. Oh, won't that be a day of rejoicing? Wow! But it's also that other part about bringing with him those who sleep in Jesus. I don't know who it is beside Jesus that you want to see. But I want to see Mel again. I want to see my grandpa again. I want to see Tom again. And when I do, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to rejoice. But the thing about it is, I'm looking to that now. So now in this moment, despite COVID, despite the social upheavals, despite the economic uncertainties, I still rejoice because that is real. Don't be confused by what the media will tell you. Or even be confused by what you think is happening around you. At the very best, all of this is just temporary anyway. But even if it went on and on, we have something that is far greater. Because despite everything, we can still rejoice. We rejoice because we are in Jesus Christ. We rejoice because we know that He cares about us. He's concerned about us. We rejoice because of that glorious future that is ahead of us. The text says to rejoice in the Lord always. And again I will say, rejoice. Are you rejoicing? Are you thrilled with the prospect? Or have you let uncertainties, frustrations bring you down? Don't do it. Enact these passages. Hold on to these promises. Know that in Jesus Christ... There is certainty. Wait. Maybe you're not in Jesus Christ. Well, that's another thing. If you're not in Jesus, you don't have any certainty. Not with God. If you're not in Jesus Christ, today's the day you can change that. Maybe you've, maybe you've been in these assemblies hundreds of times. Maybe today's the day that you decide, you know what, all this I've been hearing about Jesus is true. I believe He's the Son of God. And I want to be in Him. I want to have those promises that we read about today. Then if you do believe He's the Son of God, and you'll come forward here this morning, confess that faith before this number. You can be buried in water today. Have your sins washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Buried with Him in that baptism. And rise up out of that watery grave, resurrected to new life. And you'll be in Christ. 
and all these other things will become secondary as you find yourself rejoicing. Maybe you're a child of God, you, I don't know, you've given in to all this fear and anxiety. Today, I hope the text will remind you of who you really are. But if you need special encouragement, listen, we're family, right? Aren't we? We will pray with you. We will be with you in this struggle that you're having. Because as they say a hundred times a day, we're in this together. If anybody needs to respond this morning, now's your opportunity. Why don't you come if you need to while we stand together and sing. Bring Christ your broken
anybody needs the communion supplies, raise your hand and somebody will bring them to you. You'll notice we've got a new uh, communion supply here today. And uh, it's going to be a lot easier, I think, if you open it on one end for the, uh, for the bread and the other end for the wine. If you'll pray with me. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your son. Father, we thank you for this loaf, which for us represents the body of Christ as he hung on the cross for our sins. Father, let us examine ourselves and take of it away and be acceptable to thee. In Christ's name, amen. Let us pray. Father, again, we come to you thanking you for this fruit of the vine that represents the blood that Jesus set on the cross for our sins. Again, Father, we ask that we examine ourselves and partake of it in a matter be well-pleasing and acceptable to thee. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. This concludes the uh, Lord's Supper. Now we have an opportunity to give back, although we do it at the table as we come in. Let us thank God for all of our material blessings. Father, we again thank you for our families. We thank you for our jobs and our abilities to make an uh, income for our families. Father, we pray that we will give back a portion to you and do it in a cheerful manner because we know you love a cheerful giver. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning. I'd like to take this opportunity along with uh, Brother Estes, welcome everyone to our Sunday morning services. Also, uh, to welcome the Forrest family. If you would, uh, you should notice an order of worship bulletin in the pew in the back in front of you. On the inside, you're going to find a, a very extensive sick list. Please remember those uh, at home in your everyday prayers. On the back, once again, uh, the bulletin does say uh, that Wednesday night, Bible classes will start August the 5th. Uh, as Brother Estes said this morning, they will not. Uh, more information will be forthcoming due to the, uh, the increase in infections. And again, that's will not. Uh, the ladies' Wednesday night class will be studying the book, uh, The Domino Effect. Copies of this book are available in the little chapel for the members of this class. Also, uh, please remain seated. After the closing prayer, we'll have a short scholarship award presentation. Uh, and we would like to remember Joan Mormon. She has an upcoming surgery. Uh, if you would, please bow with me. I'll dismiss us in prayer. And again, please remain seated. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity we've had today to gather together to worship you. Father, we pray that we will take what we have learned today, carry it out before others, that they may see you living in us. Father, we pray for everyone around the world, 
struggling with this virus. We play, pray that the cure may be found soon and that we may return to our normal lives. Father, also we know we have many sick and many who are, who are having surgeries. Father, we pray that you will be with them, that you will be with their doctors, their caregivers, that they will be restored and return to their most wanted places in life. Especially, Father, we pray for Joan Mormon, Delma Sanchez, Pat Green, Edith English, June Cupper, Connie Edge, Becky West, Hannah Beard, Marlon Cox, Donald Green, and Father, there are many, many others, and you know their needs more than we do, Father. Father, we pray that you will go with us, guide us, and always keep us near thee. In Christ's name, amen. Good morning. Thank you so much for your attendance today. Uh, great lesson, Brother Ken. Thank you again so very much. And I'll continue with those thoughts to, for reasons to rejoice as we, today it's my pleasure to award the recipients of the Boonville Christian Scholarship. Just a quick note, thank you so much for your generosity and giving, to, whether it's a memorial to the Christian Scholarship Fund or whether it's to our fundraisers. Thank you so much for participating in making this uh, possible today. We have four recipients today of the scholarship. And again, these are monitored. They're, the qualifications are monitored by the uh, committee, the scholarship committee. And it's, again, my pleasure to award these four scholarships today to Savannah Martin, Annabeth Worley, Cole Sweeney, and Taylor Brazel. And again, thank you so much. I know you all see some of them. Please encourage them and thank them for attending a Christian school. Recipients, I will leave your check on the table here in front of me so you can come down and pick it up. We'll be dismissed at this time. Thank you.